Hey guys, before we get started with today's episode of NBA Group Chat, which is obviously entirely focused on the NBA trade deadline today, uh, we did want to tell you uh, the Olympics are coming. And while you're at the ringer.com reading about the trade deadline, do yourself a huge favor and read staff writer Katie Baker's piece on the Shib Sibs, a brother-sister figure skating duo who will be competing in the Winter Olympics. Katie is uh, one of my favorite writers when it comes to writing about any kind of cold weather sports, be it hockey, be it figure skating, whatever. Bakes is also one of my favorite writers just full stop also the revamped heat check is on mondays we had one this week on a tuesday john gonzalez is hosting and it's basically the entire basketball staff in these short little bursts talking about single topics tuesday's episode was awesome heat check is on mondays with john gonzalez and the deep bench of nba experts at the ringer sports so check those things out let's get to the show basketball is very good are the best team in the East. Phil Jackson actually saved the Knicks. Mark L. Fultz will be an all-star next year. Basketball is very good. Hello, and welcome to the Ringer NBA show. It's group chat. I am here with Haley O'Shaughnessy. Just traded you. Justin Barrier. Let's go. Cleveland's own Kevin O'Connor. What up? I'm Chris Ryan. We are here on NBA Trade Deadline. We've been on and off live for the last like hour and a half because Cleveland blew it up. Cleveland traded six players or brought in six players. I don't even know how many players they brought in. We're going to go over the deal details. We'll talk about some of the smaller deals. We'll talk about the winners and losers of the trade deadline. But everything starts in Cleveland. This has been... Cleveland's been the story of the season, bar none. Even though Oklahoma City remade their roster, even though Houston's like 25-1 and when Chris Paul and James Harden play together. Cleveland, all we talk about. Isaiah Thomas basically talks his way out of this franchise after almost winning the MVP award in Boston last season, comes back, hip injury, playing at 70%, throws Ty Lue under the bus on a nightly basis. Boom, he's gone <laughs> to the Lakers with Channing Frye and a protected 2018 first-round pick for Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance. But Kobe Altman and Dan Gilbert were not done yet. They then traded for Roddy Hood and George Hill from Utah and Sacramento. Utah got Jay Crowder and Derek Rose from Cleveland. Sacramento got Joe Johnson from Utah and Amon Shumpert from Cleveland and a 2020 second-round pick from Cleveland via Miami. Speaking of whom, traded a second-round pick for Dwayne Wade, who leaves Cleveland after just a few months and now gets to go where he had publicly said he would like to finish his career back home, reunited with Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra, primed to make a playoff run with that interesting team in Miami. So... Justin Verrier, who has been advocating for months, if not weeks, if not months, that Cleveland basically get rid of everything and reboot this entire thing with Le- around LeBron. You got your wish. Is this what you saw? Guys, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Spoke it into existence. Yeah, no, I mean, shouts to Kobe Altman, young Pacino here, yeah. just settling all family business in just one line. I mean... We don't know if this move is going to make the Cavs much better. I, I think they're definitely younger. I think going forward, uh, the fact that they still have this Brooklyn pick puts them in better position. Uh, but it's an interesting move. I mean, we saw what happened just the other day against that or- Orlando Magic team that was starting Kem Birch, them just r- getting run off the floor. So at the very least, I think they have an opportunity to not only be better going into the playoffs, but maybe better long term and maybe even be able to sell LeBron on another year in Cleveland. Well, at least it sells him on the, we are capable of making NBA trades that might work. Kevin, now, give me, what would you describe this Cleveland team as? This is a whole new roster. Got George Hill starting at point guard. Probably, will will they start JR at at two or Rodney Hood at two? So maybe George Hill, Rodney Hood in the backcourt. LeBron, 
a healthy Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson in, at, at the, is the starting five. You've got Clarkson, Nance, Jr. Corver, Osmond. It's a deeper team. Mm-hmm. What, what, how would you describe them? Well, I would say like they were old and slow in October, old and slow, you know, in January and in early February. And they're not quite as old and slow anymore. Okay. Um, they're they st- still have a lot of you know older players, a lot of slower players, but they also have infused youth. So I think for them, they're just more versatile. They're more flexible with what they can do. You mentioned will Jr. start or will Rodney Hood start? You know, will Thompson start or will it be Larry Nance? Mm-hmm. They can play more small ball five lineups. You know, with a guy, a guy like Nance at the five. You know, rather than leaning on just Thompson, I think they have a more flexible roster where Tyron Lue can get a little bit more creative with the lineups just as the front office did today with the moves that they made. Okay, Haley, last night the th- the Cavs beat the Timberwolves in overtime mm-hmm. on a LeBron James Christian Leitner-esque game-winning shot. He backs off the foul line after he wins the game. He goes running over to the Cavs bench. He jumps up in the air and there, an image that will haunt me for the rest of my life is Isaiah Thomas running up to him and like <laughs> trying to hug him like a kid trying to wrap his arms around a, a tree trunk and LeBron never paying him the least bit of attention for the entire post-game celebration. And then after the game, everybody's singing the praises of Seti Osman, who came in and was like basically Isaiah's defensive sub. And Isaiah said, yeah, like he was pretty good. And like, we are slow and we are old. So we basically need this kid to come in and infuse us next day. He's traded. Uh, what do you think of the uh, failed Isaiah Thomas experiment? And now in retrospect, is what they got back in total enough for Kyrie Irving? First of all, let's never forget when that clip of LeBron or Kevin Love like waiting forever for LeBron to high five him. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much the same thing, except for Kevin Love escaped getting traded, yes. which we don't know entirely if that was like, oh, don't trade him, or if they just couldn't get anything from him. Kevin Love, big winner, considering the uh, the team meeting they had. It sounded like Isaiah was the one yelling at Love. Right. And yeah. every and everyone apparently rallied behind that and was really <laughs> mad at Kevin Love. And now he's like, well, I'm still here. So yep. probably credit to Isaiah Thomas it's, being it's, pretty awful. I do think it's worth the return. Uh, I think I'm such a fan of George Hill. Really? I know that, yes, I know that everyone... Is, is saying maybe they won't improve that much, but I think George Hill's really going to shock everyone with how much he um, energizes the team. He's a really good perimeter defender. He's having his best three-point shooting year in his career. He's shooting 45%. Finally, like they'll have some additional spacing. So I think that he alone will really put them a notch up. What do you think about George Hill? I mean, I mean like it's so f- funny when these guys who are used, usually on really competitive, if not title contending teams, then uh, sort of get farmed out to tank teams like the Kings. And so the numbers are kind of all off. It's like maybe he's having a great three-point shooting season. Maybe it's he was the only person on the team who could shoot three-pointers. I don't know. I assume that's that he's I assume that he's going to make a meaningful contribution to the team, but he's also a health risk. Yeah, and that's the big issue there. And and you speak about like just some of the numbers. I mean, Avery Bradley wasn't a good defender according to metrics uh, when he was on Wrong. the Detroit Pistons, as as Kevin and Bill will tell us <laughs> multiple times. But yeah, I think in theory this makes them a lot more dynamic. But as you bring up, the injury risk is still there. These guys are younger, yes, but. Uh, George Hill has dealt with a lot of injuries, especially last year in Utah. That was kind of why the market seemed to chill on him over the offseason. Rodney Hood, a guy that was due a payday, I believe he's he's up for restricted free agency this summer, 
but did the Utah Jazz, again, <laughs> want to pay another guy who's been injured, a guy who, even when he is healthy, didn't really pop in the way uh, we thought he might, especially with Gordon Hayward going out and him being potentially more featured. So I do, there are risks involved here. I think it's the right risk to take if you're the Cavs team, just because if these guys work, you also have some flexibility going forward. I think the one thing we really need to talk about is just that they still have this Brooklyn pick. Yeah. We talked about Dan Gilbert. Like, this is what he wanted out of not only the first trade, but this is what he wanted going forward because he wasn't sure if LeBron was going to stay. And I think the Cavs have done a good job of walking the line. We talk about the Clippers walking the line between, well, we want to play for the future 2019, but we also want to still compete from the playoffs. Yes. The Cavs are doing just like kind of a, a tweaked version of that. Right. Uh, and we uh, said earlier that we're not sure how much LeBron had to do with this, but it's it's kind of like the best of both worlds because he's been saying all season kind of encoded words. I need more around me. You know what I mean? Like you guys have to do something like this. Is, I'm playing so many minutes a night and even if he didn't have anything to do with it, now the Cavs are like, look, we have the future more set up than we did before. And also we've surrounded you with better players and a better chance at getting what you want. Yeah, I mean, it's a very responsive move from the Cavs. I actually would take a little bit of issue with what you're saying about LeBron this year because I feel like at least from what I've read, the public statements that he's made have been a little bit more inward looking rather than blaming the team or the coaches. Like, I feel like in a weird way, Isaiah almost made him a bystander. Do you know what I mean? Like Isaiah kind of took on the role of antagonist this season, really going after Ty Lue's adjustments, basically saying you're not as good of a coach as Brad Stevens. But LeBron has just sort of been like, I got to be better. I got to do this. We have to look deep within ourselves. I'm committed for the long haul in the short term. All this like weird stuff. But I feel like he was like a little bit more walled off this year, which maybe speaks to why this deal works with or without him. Right. But how I think that we're forgetting that Isaiah was only back for how many games? This has uh, all they been were like 15, 16. Yeah. This has all been kind of like in recent in, like even the LeBron like suddenly being kind of despondent yeah. has all been like very recent. Yeah. And I think it's all sparked from Isaiah coming back and LeBron kind of realizing, oh my this God, is it. this, this is, is it. This like is this is our guy. Be. Yeah. So I think that that has a lot to do with it too. To yeah. me, it has almost nothing to do with LeBron. Interesting. I mean, it, it's like they're, they're, they're helping now this season, but they help later too. I mean, whether or not LeBron stays, I feel like this sets them up for a brighter future because mm -hmm. um, they retain that Nets pick. But they also got a really good young player in Larry Nance, who I like a lot. You know, Jordan Clarkson's just okay. Yeah. But but he's still really young. You know, solid player to have on your roster. Rodney Hood. You know, granted he's had the injury issues, and granted he hasn't popped like Justin said. He's also had some games where he does pop. You know, maybe maybe if you're Cleveland, you're thinking moving forward. Well, Hood's a guy that we can keep for you know a fair price, considering the market this summer. Where if we lose LeBron, you might be looking at a roster moving forward with Larry Nance, Kevin Love, Rodney Hood. You know, Jordan Clarkson with a Nets pick coming in. That's not too bad. It's not bad, it's man. Not and you bad. know what? I wouldn't necessarily go out of my way to say Dan Gilbert learned from his mistakes, but maybe he doesn't want to do the feast or famine bit again. Maybe he's like, you know what? Like, we've established basketball as like a popular sport in this city. If I can put out a relatively competitive product, maybe people will come through. And who knows? If I get Donkic, Porter, Trey Young, somebody Absolutely. in this draft, like, I can build my next LeBron. Never, you'll never get LeBron. You'll never have an iconic figure like that. Like that just doesn't happen. But, but you don't need LeBron to win a title. Does uh, this Cavs team? Does Brad Stevens and Dandy Age? Do they get to you know? Do they have their like late afternoon walk through Boston <laughs> Common together? And do they say, "Man, 
Cleveland's for real now, or are they like, we got these dudes? I, I think, you know, they're probably feeling, oh, Cleveland's better. But, you know, you know, well, there's more more to come. I mean, who's going to get bought out? Will, will, you know, will Memphis, you know, think, you know what, we're not going to re-sign Terry Kevins, guess we have to buy him out. Joe Johnson could be on the way. Yeah. Um, and they just signed Greg Monroe officially. If you're Boston, I think you look at Cleveland and think they're a little bit better. Yeah. But it's really hard to add good players midseason and they added a whole bunch of guys i mean they get to build chemistry before april may and then cleveland hopes june there's no guarantees that the roster clicks in a way that it, can, it does on paper this is an nba 2k <laughs> right all right well we'll be back in just a second we're gonna keep talking about the Cavs. we also want to talk about the lakers some of the buyout possibilities and some of the smaller deals that got made in the margins thanks to kevin we'll be right back Hey guys, today's episode of The Ringer NBA Show is also brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? The Cavs are. The Cavs didn't use ZipRecruiter, they used Kobe Altman, but they could have used ZipRecruiter and they could have maybe got Rodney Hood in the process. Posting your position to job sites and waiting and waiting for the right people to see it, that's not a good way of doing business. ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you are looking for, like a swing forward who can play both ways. It identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your, for your job. These innovations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs right now. Ringer NBA show listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Ringer NBA. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Ringer NBA. One more time, ZipRecruiter.com slash Ringer NBA. ZipRecruiter, it's the smartest way to hire. All right, we are back with the NBA... the NBA Spice Lord. It's like Dune. Jason <laughs> Concepcion. Yes. Spiciest day in a while. Jason, just give me your thoughts like off the bat on like this whole Cavs tear it down, build it back up again. Arrakis, desert planet, home <laughs> of the spice. <laughs> um, it's truly shocking. I think, you know, uh, the NBA has become such like a year-round league. I think it's, it's kind of rote to say that now, but this kind of thing is, it's truly wild. Yeah. Just like the... The need to take advantage of LeBron's window. This is like a knock-on effect of the one-plus-one deals that LeBron constantly signs and has pioneered, in fact, in order to maximize his leverage. Um, I This is incredible. They essentially traded the entire team. Yeah. Just yeah. to Justin Verrier. They, they have, uh, I've seen, I think Jason Lloyd or Joe Varden were tweeting about, like, they might only have six guys on Friday, this is I can't wait for this, they, game. this. They're not the other guys aren't going to be available until Sunday, so they might go out there with like I love this a bunch of Canton guys or whoever their G League team is. And tonight, I think it's the Lakers, and that's basic. Well, the Mavs play tonight, and the Knicks play tonight. So the Lakers basically play the Thunder. The only people, yeah, ugh. that's basically the only people it affects. Teams it, it affects. I one of the great unwritten like alternate timeline stories is like what if the Cavs played tonight yeah <laughs> it would be it would be phenomenal and would, what if what if like all the G League yeah. guys for the Cavs were incredible like Jetty Osmond were and Tyler yeah. was like wait hold on <laughs> nobody told me these guys were good maybe this just, is how they got Dan Gilbert to sign off on it it's like we're gonna fuck over LeBron for a day for a day but then we're gonna be good everyone's yeah. gonna be fine what do you think goes on in Kobe Altman's mind right now like I mean, this is his like trial by fire this dude is fucking flexing right now yeah. he's, he's kicking he's back happy. and he's just like I fucking just got rid of Dwayne Wade. I think what it's up entirely now? God, wouldn't possible. you be so fearful though? Because like 
Griffin was successful and then he like let him go. Oh yeah, I mean Kobe Altman's going to be gone in two years. Yeah, that's the yeah. cycle. Him and Rich Cho are going to have a food blog. Uh, I think that it's entirely possible that the Cavs and to some extent maybe even the Clippers and maybe other teams we don't even know. Memphis. Yeah, there's a couple of teams out there where I'm like, I wonder if there are two front offices that work here. Like, I wonder if there's an owner making phone calls and a GM making phone calls because with the Clippers, they seem to be going back and forth with like, let's let's re- remake this roster, but right. let's resign Lou Williams. Right. You know, let's we're gonna lose DJ for nothing, or right. we're gonna keep a 30 year old center who can't shoot free throws. Okay, Charlotte. Yeah, there's exactly. no reason not to trade Kemba Walker, get yeah. off some of those deals, and start anew. Right, and then with Memphis, who are going through an ownership. Something. Something. <laughs> they can't get Tyreek Evans, who all of a sudden was valuable for that, the first time in five years. This is the most They can't perple- get anything for him? That one is the one that perplexes me because it's for basically all season. And certainly for the last several weeks, it's been like everyone has been saying Memphis has to trade Tyreek. Memphis has to trade Tyreek. It's just why everybody believes this. He's their piece, their one tradable piece. Right. They were shopping deals. Lots of interest, and now they're like, "Oh, we can't. We we need." Like, what are they? Yeah, they're like, "What are they expecting?" Like, "Oh, at least we get to unload is like two million thing. contracts." Yeah, no, it's, a big, okay. it's like they're trying to sell a used PS4 for retail, <laughs> and <laughs> this is the only time he's like, "It's like a Marvin Williams situation, essentially, for Tyreek at yeah. this point in his career." But Haley, you wrote about this this week, where there was like all these interesting guys who are now untradeable because they have 2015 contracts. 2016. Yeah. Well, Summer yeah, 2016. and now it's 2000, and now yeah. we're talking 2018 economics. So many bloated so Bazemore, contracts. So Bazemore, where he is actually the wing that all these teams are like, oh, we could use a little Bazemore out here, you yeah. know? Like yeah, 40% you could have helped a lot of teams. You brought up Philly. Yeah, Oklahoma. Any Like all these teams who are like, that would be nice, except you have to pay Kemp Bazemore $20 million in two years. And that guy is basically a role player. And the thing is, like Atlanta's trying to unload him. Earlier, there was reports that um, Travis Shank, Shank is how you pronounce yeah. it, yeah. their new GM was like, hey guys, Everyone's available except for our rookie, right. John, like John Collins. You can have anybody, like, just send me a good deal. And nobody was calling him. I feel like Tate might have actually written that statement for, <laughs> yeah. for Travis Shank. He was like, the only person who's like, John the Baptist Collins is on third. <laughs> I think the thing with Tyreek, though, is uh, I, I wonder how much the ability to just have to pay him immediately kind of factor in. And not only is he a free agent this summer, but he's also on a minimum. So you only you have restrictions in order to, say, to, to pay him if you have... Uh, his rights. I think it's only 120%. So actually other teams can pay him more. Mm. And so I wonder if the the Grizzlies got into a situation where they wanted a pick so badly. They wanted a first that they were, they were playing a hardball and then they finally got to the end of the line. It's like, Oh crap, we didn't get anything. Yeah. So, I mean, this is just kind of the madness of of the deadline. At the end of it, it's like at the very end, who couldn't you call realizing you couldn't get a first rounder and say like, oh, take this guy on. He's super cheap. Well, maybe like Danny Ainge replied back. Well, no, it's five minutes to the deadline. Right. You, you get Yebiselli and that's it. Like, I don't know. This is how some things kind of fall apart. Jason, uh, I would be remiss if I let you go without talking about uh, the Lakers. Um, I, we team. don't have all of the incredible Rob Polinka quotes at hand. I, when I checked <laughs> in on the press conference, he was talking about remodeling a home. He was talking about how sometimes trades are win-wins and right. you get to send Larry Nance back from whence he, he came and that Jordan Clarkson <laughs> gets to go to the playoffs now. Right. I have not yet heard about how they feel about uh, T- Isaiah Thomas. We talked earlier on the video about how Aaron Goodwin apparently hit up Rachel Nichols all caps and said Isaiah Thomas will not be coming off the bench and then Luke Walton was like we'll see about that Um, so let's let's talk about the Lakers are they 
after all the tapping up allegations, after all the tampering allegations, <laughs> you know, him Magic's not allowed to mention any NBA player name by by name. But have they just set themselves up to make a run at LeBron and or Paul George this I summer? mean, that's clearly their strategy, and it's a the traditional Lakers strategy over the last 15 to 20 years. They're back. <laughs> They're back uh, selling Los Angeles real estate and trying to get big-name guys. I, th- I think one of the most exciting things that happens right now in the NBA is Magic Johnson uh, in front of a live mic. Yes. <laughs> I was waiting for him to be like, and, you know, this is a great move for us because, uh, hey, LeBron James and Paul George and it, like, and then just like hearing like cash register sign like sounds <laughs> go as like he names dudes. Um, yeah, this is clearly they're they're in the market for stars. Yeah, this is what they've always been doing. I think uh, one of the subplots to watch is is the Isaiah starting situation. Is he going to start? Come off the bench behind Lonzo. What's Lavar going to have to say about that? Apparently, will... Magic and Rob said it. They think he can play with Lonzo and sure. mentor him. Ooh. That's fantastic. Guys, what's that's a the take. opposite of Dead Poets? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because that, that's that, that is Isaiah Thomas. Imagine that your mentors being Lavar Ball and Isaiah Thomas. Oh. <laughs> Lordy. And Kuz, Kuz just taking Kuz snapshots just roasting of you yeah, every day, day for not knowing anything about American history. <laughs> Listen, you, as Jason was alluding to, the Lakers have been selling this for so long. You a have long time. five months until July 1st. First of all, you better fucking get this right. Yes. And second yes. of all, you better have an IMAX movie you ready to sell you know LeBron what James. What if they don't get it right? <laughs> Is Shady Buzz really going to fire Magic I, Johnson? I honestly, I honestly don't think they necessarily have to sign a big name this summer. I'll tell you why. I'm no, I'm serious. Okay. Because this is exactly <laughs> this is exactly no. why Bus hired them in the first place. She was like, look, my brothers haven't been doing it. Like, you guys have to at least set us up to be the Lakers of old. Like we at least have to have the chance. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like it's their first year. Okay, like give them time. They've at least done this. They've at least created the opportunity. And at the end of the day, eventually it's Los Angeles. Yes. If it's not this summer, it's going to happen next summer. They'll not- at least come out of this with Clay Thompson in two years or some something like that. And you know this what? Exactly You're right. Why they signed and him. they have been doing a good job. Like the problem with these guys is, is they have the franchise history hanging over them. Yes. So they can say, we yes. want to build the right way. We want to be like Boston. We want to have this deep bench of interesting guys who, who could be assets or could become real contributors. But like the recent history of this team, specifically the dream team is going to hang over them. And so everybody is always going to assume that Rob and magic are constantly on the verge of basically being like, do we have to give LeBron James like, half of the city to come here whatever it takes yeah but who knows maybe they have like a more elaborate and elegant plan in place i, I don't know I, I don't think they have a plan just to be clear <laughs> i think like, the danger the danger is if they strike out on george and lebron um that they then go bargain shopping yes. and spend too much money yes. yes that's the classic free agency right. mistake right you miss out on the top tier guys and now you're looking or at they Jabari make the same Parker mistake going, with paul george that indiana right. did which is thinking that he could be the only like the number one guy right. on the team when he really is the 1a he's scotty before i let you go really quick moody to the knicks the deal was <laughs> uh sorry orlando no, sorry denver new york and dallas agreeing on a three-way deal Sources tell ESPN, Moody to the Knicks, Devin Harris to Denver, Doug McDermott to Dallas. Um, on one hand, New York's making themselves a clearinghouse for your distressed assets. Sure. On I, the other hand, what are you doing with Frankie if you're bringing Moody in? That's, I mean, that's the issue. Like, is he going to play 
behind Mediate? Can they play together? What does this do to his development? I guess like the way you talk yourself into this is, hey, it's you, you basically got the seventh pick in the 2015 draft. Great. Yeah. Um, that, of course, negates the fact that in that intervening time, Mudiay has shown himself to be bad. Yeah. Um, so, you <laughs> know, it's, it just all comes down to development. Can the Knicks develop young players? The eternal question. History says no. <laughs> History says no. History says no, they can't. And it's also, you know, uh, I'm getting some bad, like, Hornacek and Phoenix with too many point guard vibes, so yeah. we'll see what happens. The, Steve, the, the Scott Perry coming out and saying, uh, I'll evaluate the coach at the end of the season is, I would, I would not I, yeah. I would rent if I were you, Jeff Hornacek. Right. Yikes. Time to get, get on Zillow, my guy. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back to talk a little bit more about the crazy trade deadline that was. Today's episode of the Ringer NBA show is brought to you by Pro Flowers. Pro Flowers and Sherry's Berries have teamed up to help you really impress your Valentine this year with their perfectly paired collection. Go ahead and think inside the box this Valentine's Day. This really is a one-of-a-kind gift. Look, I love flowers. I love to give flowers. There's nothing that says I love you like flowers. But you know what is also a dope gift? Fruit dipped in chocolate. I gave one to Danny Chow. Did just he the other appreciate day. that? Oh, yeah. He loves dipped chocolate. <laughs> he just made a chef's yeah. kiss. No, seriously. Like, especially if you've been in a long-term relationship, flowers. Like me with Danny. That's right. <laughs> flowers are nice, but it's like the chocolate-covered strawberries are a real, like, gesture of love. Take it from me. I've been in a long-term relationship. Uh, I currently am in one, too, by the way. You're married, uh, yes. Uh, your flowers and dipped strawberries will arrive together in a beautifully designed special box that will keep your flowers fresh and your berries cold, guaranteed. And right now, our listeners can save 20% on any one of the perfectly paired combinations or any other gift over $29 with the promo code RINGER. Hurry up and order today. Valentine's Day is next week. There's only one way to get 20% off a perfectly paired gift over $29, featuring beautiful blooms from Pro Flowers and freshly dipped strawberries from Sherry's Berries. Visit proflowers.com today and enter promo code RINGER at checkout. That's proflowers.com, promo code RINGER. All right, we're wrapping up NBA group chat, but we couldn't do it without bringing on Danny Chow and Paolo Ugetti to join us. I'm still here with Justin. Hello, Hi. everybody. What's up? I, I'm shaking, but I think it's because I'm just extremely hungry. Yeah, I, I think the, 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 the you know I, I'm not, kind of worn off. I had to steal one of college protein Hill. bars. Yeah, yeah. Not, not because of George Hill. <laughs> you're hey, the George Hill. You're, look, the, okay. you're the chief. You're John the Baptist of the George Hill Church. Correct. And I, I told John Gonzalez earlier that George Hill is one of my favorite players of all time, and he just shot me a look like I was just completely batshit. But, <laughs> but he's not wrong. Okay. <laughs> So what's the ceiling then with the Cavs with George Hill? Oh, it's it's not it's not anything. Like, oh. they, like <laughs> look, I, I love him as a player. I love him. He's you know a great perimeter defender. Guy can switch basically three positions because his arms are like eight feet long for a guy who's only six three. Um, great three point shooter. I think Haley's covered all of this, but um, I mean to be honest. I think he might be kind of washed. What's like, the uh, what's the hunting scene like in Cleveland? <laughs> Ohio gets bucks? real. You can, yeah. you, outside of Cleveland, you can t you can go two hours one way or another into a national park. Their yeah, I don't really know. Can either. take him to another level. Just saying. Uh, right. uh, of the other players included in that Cleveland, the the Cleveland Hall that they yeah. got, who's the one most interesting person? Is it Clarkson? Is it Nance? Is it it's, Rodney? It's, it's Rodney Hood. He's okay. he's the best player who was acquired in the trade deadline, and I think this Ooh. is this is the 
chance for him to show what he can do because he's going to be a restricted free agent uh, this coming summer. Um, he was playing in Utah with two extremely tall men who couldn't space the floor. <laughs> there was no space really for him to do what he does best, which is kind of create off the dribble. Um, he could shoot off the dribble, which is something that you just don't really get with wings nowadays. Um, and even then, he was coming off the bench averaging almost 17 points a game. Yeah, and he's capable of really going off and getting right. a 30 point. I, I agree with Danny, but I'm kind of intrigued also by Nance. And I'm sure you, you, know, you guys have talked about this. Like He brings a level of athleticism that I think Cavs were kind of missing, sure. you know, and, and he's just a scrappy guy, like, and he's already buying into it. Like, I mean, his dad played for the Cavs and he put an Instagram up uh, just now being like, oh, I'll be forever grateful to the Lakers. And then he hashtag it just the kid from Akron. But, you know, <laughs> oh, come on, no. like, oh, he's already buying into the bit. Sure. I love it. I love it. The so land. I'm intrigued by Nance. I have something I want to th- bounce off of you. Okay. Um, does LeBron James make teammates better? Yeah. He does? Yes. I mean, maybe not like like their confidence and like long term just because of all the subtweets and shade that he throws out. Okay. Like Kevin Love is probably like going to need therapy for years. But right. I think overall, like he's the guy that's just going to accelerate your offense for sure. I mean, even in the playoffs. So I there's no too. danger that we've reached a point where like LeBron is almost in this Kobe zone of it's like LeBron incorporated. And like, it's really more about like what LeBron does on a night to night basis. And for as much as he's like, I'm invested in this team in the short term and the long haul for this year or whatever the hell that means that a bunch of these new faces are going to come in and LeBron does the math in his head and is like, yeah, this isn't going to work this year. I mean, you're going to get a lot of open shots. And that's what we were kind of saying about some of the other options going into the deadline, what we were saying about IT and some of these other guys. Like, you just need to sit there and you need to shoot it. And for to a large degree, the Cavs couldn't get that right because a lot of these guys, their legs were just weren't there. Right. They were past their prime. And, like, we got to the point in that Orlando game, you said this the other day, LeBron didn't trust any of them to do anything. Yes. And so he mm-hmm. was just trying to go ISO LeBron and he was getting deed up by Young Bird. I think everyone they acquired uh, today knows what their role is going to be on the on the Cleveland Cavs. He's getting me fired up for so the Cavs. The Cavs are going to be pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I look. Are they going to challenge the Warriors? No. Are they better than the Celtics or Raptors right now? I don't think so. Ooh, but, Raptors. But I think like there's I just so many. It. Like we were so worried about how Isaiah would fit in right away with you know with the Cavs when he came back. What's not to say that you're adding a bunch of like it's like. It's like Isaiah's situation. Granted, they weren't injured, but to another degree, because you're going to have to mix in so many new players. Like, I'm, I'm kind of worried about that in general. Yeah, just the, I mean, like, okay, so the, the interesting comparison point, we've talked about this a little bit, would have been Oklahoma. <clears throat> Oklahoma took, what, 30 games to start clicking. The defense was working, but they were blow games late. There was an unclear, like a lack of clarity about how their end of game offense is going to work. Is Russ going to move the ball or is he going to go ISO Russ like he did last season? And they seem to have figured out some of that. They always seem to rise to the occasion in big games, but can't seem to take care of business when it's just like beating the the Kings or whatever, or something like that with Cleveland. How many games do they need to integrate? What is essentially an entirely new roster? And, and what is this? What kind of test is this for Ty Lue to, to do this? This is, Training camp and the beginning of the season in the second half of the season. I think that's a good point. I think the detractors would say, man, Ty Lue really needs to figure this out. He needs to get these guys in there. On the other hand, they pretty much just run pretty basic stuff anyway. Right. So mm-hmm. you could just throw guys in. It's almost like Alvin Gentry does, where it's a lot of it's just based on pace. It's spacing. It's just like dribble handoffs and, and, and spread pick and roll sort of stuff. You just run a lot of basic stuff. I think these guys are versatile enough. George Hill, Rodney right. Hood, as Danny yeah. alluded to. A lot of these guys could run... Uh, 
can be the ball handler, could set some off-screen ball screens. I think a lot of it makes sense. I feel like the the blueprint here is when, you know, the Cavs acquired Channing Fry. He comes in and he's just like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to be a pick, yeah, pick yeah. and pop guy. And mm-hmm. it worked perfectly. And that's yep. still what he does. The Nothing's com- changed. You know, the Warriors have an incredible offense. They have all these different combinations they can throw at you. But essentially, when you get down to it, those three guys are unguardable by five guys, right? So that's the proposition that the Cavs are hoping to make, that if George Hill, Rodney Hood, LeBron James, and Kevin Love are on the floor, you can't guard all of them. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of those guys will get their basket or at least get a good look. Right. And it's go- it goes back to what exactly what Isaiah Thomas wasn't doing, which was making shots. Like yes. He was shooting 30% from There's the no field. There's no gravity. He yeah, was exactly. pulling no gravity from three. So if George Hill and Rodney Hood can shoot even just a little better than that, then the offense should work better. Do you guys have any uh, smaller deals you want to highlight before we go? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the Suns made, uh, the Suns and Magic traded um, for a swap, between. it was a swap between Alfred Payton and a second rounder. And this is clearly a huge win for both teams. Mm. Uh, one, because Alfred Payton uh, was basically ruining the magic. whatever yeah. the Magic were trying to do. You can't have a, you know, a ball-dominant point guard who can't shoot in today's league and expect to be anything more than a, you know, cellar dweller. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, the Suns were starting Tyler Eulis, who is the smallest mm-hmm. player in the NBA, uh, possibly with the frailest frame. And their backup was a guy named Josh Gray, who paid $150 to do an open-run tryout at the G League. I did not he know made that. It. He is their second second string guy because Isaiah <laughs> Isaiah Cannon. Didn't they have and, like eleven point guards yeah. in the like? <laughs> and it, where's Brandon Knight? All atrophied. Have you heard from yeah. him in yeah, like yeah, a yeah. year? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, just like, has anyone checked on him? Yeah, no, I like, read a USA Today article about him or Arizona Republic article about him the other day. He's like, I'm getting yeah. there. And so <laughs> you, you drop in a top ten pick, albeit okay. one who is very bad, yeah. but like. Yeah, you know, he is. He is better than Ulysses. At is, least this is the Brooklyn thing. It's like, right. hey, we l- bring us yeah. your yeah. your distressed first round lottery also, picks. Look, it gives it gives Alfred a chance to redo his entire, you know, image. Yeah, like it, what if he just pins his hair back? <laughs> this is this is a suggestion. That's all I care about. Jason That's all I care about. You pin that you pin that flap of hair back, and suddenly he either looks like a, a British sentinel, or <laughs> or you know what? It might look like a pope hat. The way. The way wow. it's shaped, right? Yeah, dub himself the young pope. Changes, cr- change the look of his the career young as well. pope. The That's young a great pope. nickname. That's yeah. a good nickname. Uh, Paolo, before we go, any deal, either a small deal that you liked or a deal that didn't happen that mystifies you? Like, why didn't this get? I mean, it's too easy to say Tyreek Evans not getting Dell. I mean, the reports are coming out that basically, like, they had multiple offers from not just you know from from somebody like Denver who offered Moutier and a second round pick, and apparently they just wanted more. I just don't understand what they were looking for. I mean, Jason talked about, you know, the PS4 analogy and all yeah. that. It's just, it makes no sense. Like, what are you going to do with Tyreek Evans? There's so many teams who were willing to give you something for him. Like, this is as high as the stock is going to get. It's not going to, it's just going to drop from here on out. There's no, there's no point. I think the ripple effects are super interesting. Yeah. You look about the te- look at the teams that didn't do anything. The Rockets and the Thunder are pretty much involved in every deadline. I right. can't remember the last time the Rockets didn't swing some little trade. Right. Uh, and you wonder, like, yeah, we've talked about 2018 this summer just being just kind of a chilled market because no one's going to have cap space. And, like, sure, maybe this is best for them long term. But I think it opens up really interesting questions. Why didn't they do one thing? Are the Rockets because they? I think it's because they, they read Zach Cram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you don't need to make a move yeah. but if like, you're a finals contender. Hey, if, if LeBron isn't going to go to the Lakers, maybe the Rockets 
based on not doing anything, have more moves. I, I also wonder about the bottom of the of the West. Yeah, the Pelicans all of a sudden look very vulnerable because the Clippers still have DJ. They still have enough. They, they have, still have Avery Bradley. Every, there was a rumor yeah. this morning that they were looking to trade him to Danny for Danny Green and a pick. Yep, which yeah. was like I. It's just like I can't believe that Popovich would do that. And they didn't. So. I mean, in that sense, the Warriors are kind of winners. I saw somebody point this out because. Avery Bradley didn't go to either the Spurs or the That's Thunder. a really good point. And I sure. mean, I mean, that's just uh, he would have given Steph or anybody trouble on that team. So just the fact that he nobody even like tried to one up or get that guy on their team is just like kind of mind boggling. Yeah, I didn't even thought about that. That yeah. is that is good. I mean, like I think that the that Boston and Toronto are gonna have to say, okay, like we're gonna have to do a new a whole new like scouting run on these these new Cavs and. Mm-hmm. In a seven-game series against LeBron James, anything can happen, as we've seen over and over again. But it will be an interesting challenge to see. It's continuity versus completely new rosters in the Eastern Conference. Anything, any closing thoughts? Any other, check out this or make sure you keep your eye on that going forward? Rodney Hood, man. Rodney Hood. I I love it. Rodney Hood is the best player traded on trade deadline as a take. That's a good take. Pistons Uh, also got James Ennis, which I think is like a sneaky good one at the buzzer just because like they need some help. And Jameer. I like Jameer on that team. Well, yeah. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Little uh, Orlando Magic nostalgia, of course. Um, I like the buyout market. I mean, everybody's been talking about how like it's going to be robust and gonna be guys out there you have like joe johnson derrick rose derrick rose who's apparently gonna go <laughs> maybe isaiah thomas to, yeah maybe, maybe isaiah thomas even though the lakers said they don't have plans on right. buying him out um you know brooke lopez Corey brewer even Joachim noah anybody yeah. want to give him a chance I he seems it. like a classic like <laughs> decrepit person to go yeah. be on the thunder so uh, take the kendrick spot all right thank you to danny to Paolo, to justin to haley to jason concepcion and to kevin o'connor i'm chris ryan you can read all about NBA Tread Deadline today on TheRinger.com. We have tons of pieces up there. I'm sure we'll have more pods. We have tons of video. Check it out. It was a hell of a day. We will be tracking this, the ripple effects from this trade deadline for the rest of the season. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> Basketball is very good. Basketball is very good.